Hi everyone, welcome to this podcast from Cambridge Health Tech Institute for the Next Generation DX Summit, which runs August 19th through the 21st in Washington, D.C. I'm Ann Wynn, Associate Conference Producer. We have with us today one of our featured speakers from the Single Cell Sequencing Conference, Dr. Jan Vidge, Professor and Chairman of Genetics at Albert Einstein College of Medicine. Jan, thank you so much for joining us today. Sure. Pleasure. What's it like to do research with the genetics department at Albert Einstein College, your current environment, activities, and resources? Well, first I must tell you that I'm biased here, of course, because I'm the chairman of the department. I took over the department about uh, six years ago, 2008, and it was a small department basically focused on doing developmental genetics with a number of model organisms. And I first greatly extended it and then moved it more into human disease-oriented genetics with lots of sequencing and computational genomics and epigenomics and an ever stronger focus on aging as a sort of a unifier of all those major diseases that occur uh, during the aging process. So that's really now becomes a major genetic problem here. And, and of course, the theme of this whole meeting single cell approaches becoming more and more important. Now, to tell you how we are actually doing with respect to resources and current environment, well, everybody knows, of course, that the NIH situation is really bad. So basically, the amount of money available for research is really decreasing, which makes it even more important to sort of team up with each other and establish like sort of small groups uh, with a particular focus and then have joint grant applications. And we, I think we are pretty successful in doing that. We are still reasonably well-funded. And of course, I also have the benefits of having an endowment, which also allows me to here and there provide people with some pilot money. So overall, I think we're doing quite well. How has single-cell sequencing evolved and improved over time? And what key challenges do researchers still face in this area? Well, when I started to take an interest in single-cell analysis, that was, I believe, in around 2004, 2005 or so in that time. Then, of course, we didn't have any next-generation sequencing. So the endpoints were basically microarrays, and everybody knows that they are quite noisy. And that's really a problem because when you take single cells and then you have to amplify either the whole genome or, or the whole transcriptome, then you also introduce lots of noise, experimental noise. And then, of course, that's sort of amplified then again when you have to read out on the microarray. So I think there are two major improvements here. One is really that now we can use the this digital endpoint, digital readout, and that's, of course, next-generation sequencing. So we can do whole genome sequencing and we can do RNA-seq. And I think that's really very important. And the second major improvement, I think, is amplification. I mean, at the time when I started to do this, those were hardly available. It was really very difficult. You have to make it up yourself, more or less. But now you can see more and more companies who provide them in kit form and actually work quite well. So it still doesn't mean they're perfect, but definitely there has been dramatically improved. I think those are really the two main technical improvements. And then, of course, important when you want to start up a single-cell lab is that the instrumentation has become so much better. There are beautiful instruments available, like uh, companies like Fluidime. They really provide this whole infrastructure for single-cell analysis. I have nothing to do with Fluidime, by the way. No, no interest in the company at all. But they're obviously uh, like one of those companies who are zooming in on this whole single-cell field. And it's important. Now, what I think is key in the near future are two things. And first is miniaturization. So to get more high throughput to do many, many single cells. And then second would be the cost of the actual sequencing. That's still very important. That's still very high. So this is really the area that we have to zoom into. Now, important also, of course, is the front-end part of it. That's really basically to accurately capture single cells in the way you want them, or a single nuclei from, from cells. And then the back-end is the computation. That's, of course, also very critical. But I think both the front-end and the back-end part will, at the end of the day, quite easily improve. It's really like to make amplification better, as I said, and try to get the high cost of the sequencing better. And finally, what will be the main theme of your presentation at the Single Cell Sequencing Conference on August 21st, and why this focus? 
Well, my own focus is actually to use single-cell approaches because, of course, there are many reasons for using single-cell approaches. And most people would say, well, we simply want to know what the heterogeneity is in a particular tissue or cell population. That can be pretty dramatic, as has been shown. I mean, people seem to think that cells are sort of behaving all the same in a tissue, but that's far from true. First of all, we don't even know if all those cells really are the same and not really different cell types. And you can only figure that one out when you do a single-cell approach. But then second, there can be enormous variation, even if cells are the same cell type, they can still vary like sometimes a thousand fold in particular responses to challenges. So to really understand the impact of that, you really have to take a single cell approach. In our research, we are forced to take a single cell approach because I'm interested in the accumulation in tissues of animals and humans of DNA mutations during the aging process. And I want to know if that is functionally important. Now, that seems like a fairly simple problem because you sequence a tissue of an old animal and the same tissue from a young animal and then you find it out, but that's not the case. And the reason is that mutations are, of course, occurring more or less randomly. So when you take the tissue as a whole, the frequency of a particular mutation can be very low, like 1 in 1,000 to 1 in 10,000, and you will never see it. But, of course, this is only because each single cell has its own unique spectrum of mutations. So that's why when you take single cells and you sort of do whole genome sequencing and then call the variants, then you will be able to make a reliable estimate of the total load of somatic mutations in the tissue. The same, of course, is true for a tumor. And tumor, there's enormous variation between different cells. We all know that when you sequence a whole tumor, then you, what you find is really the tip of the iceberg. You find like one thousandth or one ten thousandth of the mutations that are really there. And that's why you absolutely do need to take the single cell approach. And we want to do that. So what we're really interested in is to characterize the total landscape of particular tissues during aging with respect to somatic mutations. You want to really know what type of mutations accumulate during aging, where do they accumulate. And then if a very important question is how many per cell, because if it's very, very low, then probably it will not affect function. But if the total number of mutations in a very old tissue is really fairly high, it's likely that at the end of the day it starts to affect a functional pathways. So it doesn't need selection to exert an adverse function, but it can also directly cause a particular functional decline because it starts to affect the complex network that provides function in the cell. So that's really what I will mostly discuss, and I will discuss that in different organisms uh, from Drosophila to humans. Excellent. Jan, thank you again for your time and insights today. We're looking forward to hearing more of them in a couple of months. That was Jan Vidge of Albert Einstein College of Medicine. He'll be giving his featured presentation at the Single Cell Sequencing Conference during the session Tips and Tricks for a New Sequencing Frontier at the upcoming Next Generation DX Summit, taking place August 19th through the 21st in Washington, D.C. If you'd like to hear him in person, go to www.nextgenerationdx.com for registration information and enter the key code podcast. I'm Ann Wynn. Thank you for listening. <laughs>